Welcome to that Good Good Experience podcast. Where related minds talk about related topics. And we all just happen to be related. Buckle up, this is going to be a good one. We've got that good good experience podcast. Oh my, 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 have I missed that theme song, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome back to another exciting edition of We Got That Good, Good Experience podcast, a show where related minds talk about related topics that we all just happen to be related. And once again, I am Marcus Moses. And guys, I know we've been missing you guys so very, very much, but we are back. And I just want to say that it's all Kim's fault. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, you know, Kim, you know, you're doing a thing on cruises and stuff, trying to be like Kathy Lee Gibbons in the morning, in the evening. Don't be hating on me, but I ain't been nowhere. Miss Royal Traveler, Miss Royal Traveler. Yeah, yeah. We'll be like you one day, Kim. When we grow up, yes. Yeah. But ladies and gentlemen, the queen of our panel, Miss Kimmy Brown. How's it going there, Cuzzo? Marcus, darling. I am good. Always good. And happy to be back behind the mic with my cousins. I love you guys. But let's get together. Let's get together indeed, man. Co-host all the way in the DMV, Byron Bino Brown. What's good, good, buddy? What's up, Marcus? What's up, Kimmy? It's great to be back with you all. Love my family. Let's get this party started. <laughs> Let's do that indeed. Again, uh, this week, our theme, we went back. We did Quiet Storm a couple of weeks. Well, it had to be at least two months back because that's the last episode we did. So it had to be before that. But we're going to bring it back again. Quiet Storm Part 2, our favorite songs that we like to listen to in the late hours of the evening. Kind of paying homage to, to the likes of uh, Frankie Crocker, WBLS. And those guys up there that kind of made the Quiet Storm what it is. And we're going to run it back again. We've got our favorite Quiet Storm songs. And before we get into that, ladies and gentlemen, we got to do our good, good segment. And hey, Byron, start us off, man. What's good, good, buddy? All right, Marcus, I'll tell you what's good, good. The legendary Lena Horne is good, good. Lena Horne has become the first Black woman to have a theater named after her, a theater on Broadway has been officially renamed in honor of the late actress and civil rights activist. The theater is on West 47th Street and it was built in 1926 and was originally named the Mansfield Theater. In 1960, it was renamed the Brooks Atkinson Theater in honor of the late New York Times drama critic. Now, the theater has the original chandelier hanging inside after it was refurbished in 2000 and it seats 1,069 patrons. And it is part of the Netherlander organization's nine Broadway theaters. An official celebration was recently held, and the musical Six is currently playing at this particular theater. So as we know, Lena Horne won multiple Tony and Grammy Awards and was a trailblazing entertainer and also made her transition in 2010. All right. And additionally to that, just in September, the Schubert organization rechristened the Broadway theater to honor actor James Earl Jones. So we're getting our flowers around Broadway this year. That's what's good, good on my end. Kimmy, what's good, good for you? I'll tell you what's good, good. Congratulations to one of my favorite lyricists, female rapper and Grammy Award winner, Missy Mr. Mina Elliott, 
who officially got her own wax figure at the Madame Tussauds Museum in Las Vegas. I will actually be in Las Vegas next weekend, so I may be coming. Take me a picture with Miss Elliot and her wax figure. And in addition to that, congratulations again to Salt and Pepper and DJ Spinderella for their star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame yesterday. They were actually together to get their shine on in Hollywood, and hopefully they have squashed their beef in order to get their flowers while they still came. And one more thing, it's the beginning of the end for The Best Man. The Best Man final chapters will be airing December 22nd on Peacock, so you can see what Lance and the rest of the crew are doing now. But Marcus, what's good, good on your end? It's only one thing that's good, good on, on my end, and that's the long-awaited sequel to Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Yes. The long-awaited sequel <laughs> is back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm yes. trying to see it early. I'm trying to see it early. Yes. Somebody needs it, to put it on there before I leave town. I mean, yeah, absolutely. It will be released on November 10th in theaters again. It'd be interesting to see how the Marvel movie will go on without the original cast, especially Chadwick Boseman. Be interesting to see how they kind of tie the loose ends of this movie. But definitely one of the movies that you must have, must see, must see. Uh, for this holiday season. And we're definitely looking forward to that. So Wakanda mm-hmm. Forever in yes, theaters November the 10th. So... Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I'm ready for a fix, guys. Are you? I am. I'm I, I am like feeling. I'm looking like Pookie from New Jack City. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I am so ready to do this, man. I, I mean, I've just been long away. It's been too long, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully, we won't be this long again before we give you another episode. But to, to say the least, let's get it started, y'all. Y'all ready? Mm-hmm. All right, let's do this. The most sweetest words in all the podcasting. What's up first, Kim? Well, I'll tell you what's up first. And this will be Patty Austin and James Ingram. Baby, come to me. There's a special kind of magic in the air When you find another heart that needs to share Baby, come to me Let me put my arms around you This was meant to be And I'm also glad I Wow, wow, wow. What can you say? That was Patty Austin featuring James Egan with Baby Come To Me. First released back in 1981 from the album Every Home Should Have One. Peaked at number 73 on the Hot 100. Made an appearance. I was featured on the on the soap opera General Hospital. I did with uh, Luke, the character Luke Spencer. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, mm-hmm. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. I wasn't. I, I wasn't a viewer of General Hospital, but I remember that time frame. Yes, absolutely. It was re-released back in 1983, and it peaked at number one. Also features vocals from Michael McDonald, produced by Quincy Jones, and just one of those songs, man. I tell you, you had to. Oh man, you can go to sleep on it. I mean, just pop it in your car and just vibe out, just like we were right before we went on. I mean. Um, <laughs> 
It's just a it's just a must have. What say you guys? Well, I would love this song. Go ahead, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I love the song. It's timeless. I miss songwriting and music like this. Mm. Uh, I I want this era. James Ingram has that signature sound, that signature voice anyway. So you immediately recognize who he is. And I found it kind of intriguing also that Michael McDonald, of all people, was Mm -hmm. serving as a backup vocals because Michael McDonald, you got to give him his flowers too. He doesn't have a backup voice. He has, but right. then again, but then again, he has seen backup for a lot of people. A lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Just didn't a realize. lot of people. And I didn't realize he was actually on this song, even though it makes sense because he and James Ingram have similar voices. Mm-hmm. Of course, we can't forget about Patty Austin. Of course, she she's incomparable. So I love it. Patty Austin does not get her flowers, her due, like she should because she had a tremendous voice mm-hmm. and she should definitely still be in conversation when it comes to R&B nowadays because she is just a wonderful singer and just was always on point with anything that she sang. She could sing the McDonald's commercial, which I think she did. <laughs> and, and, and you knew it was her mm-hmm. and, and it, it sounded perfect. It just sounded perfect. She can sing. She can scat. She does. She can do jingles. Oh, my gosh. She did it all. And we miss James Ingram, of course, his his physical presence because he made his transition. I think it's 16. I think it was 16. No, it was re- more recent than that. I think it was like last year. It was. Yeah, it was like. like yeah. It might have been yeah. 19, 2019. Yeah. Maybe. It wasn't very long. Yeah, ago. it was 2019. Yeah. It was. Uh-huh. Okay. Hey. So yeah, that's and that's what's good on. Uh, did I just say that, that was good on this end? <laughs> <laughs> like we said, we gotta remember how we used to do this. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I got you working already, Byron. Man, my bad. <laughs> no, you should leave it in. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> what I meant to say was, what's next, Kim? <laughs> well. What I got next is another duet by two wonderful singers, Luther Vandross and Martha Wash. I Mm. have nothing. Before I even go any further, I see that my cousin gave me a, even a little bit more time to play that song. Tell me why you did this. So <laughs> <laughs> I want I want I wanted Martha Wash to to shine. Mm, girl. I wanted, 
you know, because, you know, that song came out like at the tail end of the drama that she had experienced with Black Box and, you know, partially with CSU Music Factory. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to just kind of celebrate her because, you know, of course, she was like a phoenix. She rose from those ashes and has soared ever since. And this was like the, the, the like the kickoff of that of us seeing her get the flowers that she deserves. So definitely. But let me tell you more about this. Mm. This duet with Martha Wash is one of the best ever and was, was released on Luther Vandross power of love album in 1991. And it's one of my favorite ballads of all time. I mean, have you ever been in love with somebody and they didn't love you back? Mm. No. Anyway, (laughs) But it was originally sung by Ben E. King, and even Gladys Knight has a cover of the song. But as usual, Luther and Martha bodied the song like nobody else could have done it. However, just some tidbit that you might not know, guess who he was supposed to sing this song with in the first place? Marcus. Guess who he was supposed to sing this song? Yeah, just put me on the spot. Uh, He was supposed to he was supposed to sing it with, I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark. This came out. Okay. What year did this come out? 91. Came out in 91. He was supposed to sing this with maybe Whitney Houston, maybe? No. Okay. Fine. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Don't tell, me don't tell me Anita Baker. Anita freaking Baker. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. However, things kind of went south because if you remember back in the day, they didn't really get along too well. So things went south and that never happened. And he gave Martha Washington. Well, well, I wonder what made it went south, though. What what do you guys think? Ego. Yeah. From what I hear, there was a lot of ego and diva type of mentality. And 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 I'm not even saying that was Nita. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, a lot of that comes from Luther. Even though we love him to death, that's just another account because, you know, you heard about the In Vogue stuff too. <laughs> and, and of course, Don Robinson has talked about that many of times. So I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm happy that Divine Order had this to happen because this version- sounds better. I think yeah, it would sound better. I think this sounds better than anybody could have done. I really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the musical guys knew what they were doing by not putting uh, Luther and Nita together. I mean, of course, you know, on the outside looking in, you know, knowing that those two powerhouse voices, you know, we can only imagine what it would sound like. But I think it was, like I said, it was divine or like Byron said for it to happen the way it happened. And we're very appreciative. I mean, this 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 uh, song has WBLS, you know, written all over it. I mm-hmm. mean, this, I mean, and WHUR in DC as yes, well. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. So. Beautiful, soothing sounds of two mm. wonderful voices of our times, mm. especially Luther. And I can't, you just can't go wrong with this. And I love this song. And this stands the test of time and stands yes, right up there with the duet he did with Cheryl Lynn as well. Yes, Cheryl Lynn. Yeah. Honestly, Cheryl Lynn and Martha Wash, sometimes I get them mixed up when I hear them because they kind of sound similar to me. Mm, okay. It's that always Martha's a bravado to me that sets her aside. She has that range in her bravado always that's me though. Okay, that's Martha Wash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I get to say it again, y'all. Guess what? What's next, Kim? <laughs> <laughs> Oldie but goodie, this classic LTD love mm. ballad. Mm. Mm. 
storm session without this song this is a staple okay <laughs> from love togetherness and devotion known as ltd Woo! this was released from the album love to the world featuring jeffrey osborne on lead oh my gosh it spent two weeks at number one on the r&b singles chart in 1976 and peaked at number 20 on the billboard hot 100 so it had some crossover success mm-hmm. and i'm sorry it's timeless too and even with george benson's cover of it making it more of into a dance song hey this stands alone yeah. stands alone. Yeah. guys you guys want to hear a story real quick sure, sure. i waited to see you guys's list when we were prepping for this show and i know i had my five and i was gonna keep my five because that was the vibe that i was feeling because we were originally supposed to have uh gerald austin back on this episode right here but you know he's been sick you know, he's been under the weather lately you know a uh, big shout out to mr gerald austin we hope you feel better austin. but uh yeah but I wait till you guys come out with your guys' list so I can see. Because if neither one of you didn't have this song on there, I was going to go back and put it on there myself. <laughs> 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 this this song, it was like had to be mandated. It should have been mandated to be mm-hmm. on, on everybody's Quiet Storm list. It's just that song. The, that soothing voice of Mr. Ingram, I mean, it's just, you just have to have it. I mean, it's just- it Osborne, makes you not Ingram. Osborne, that's what I said. That's what I said. I mean, Kim's eyes about to roll. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, Jeffrey Osborne. <laughs> The soothing sound of Jeffrey Osborne. I mean, you just gotta love it, man. This is a great song by LTD. And I, like I said, it's a staple in the Quiet Storm repertoire. Absolutely. You cannot go through the Quiet Storm without listening to Jeffrey Osborne, period. But LTD is, you. I mean, honestly, when if this song or when Jeffrey Osborne first came out, I didn't realize that he was actually in LTD. And I find it interesting. Have you noticed that a lot of the drummers from some of the most iconic bands turn out to be the best singer for that group and end up taking over the group. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like Teddy Pendergrass. Mm-hmm. A couple Genesis. more. <laughs> Genesis. Uh, Genesis. Um, uh-huh. Um, Philip. Bale, Phil, Phil, Phil Collins. Phil Collins. Phil Collins. Phil Collins. Genesis. Uh-huh. Yeah. Why is that? Why mm-hmm. why is that why is that do y'all think? Is there some is there some type of uh is there some type of like kind of like shade being thrown because like maybe the lead singer that time thinks that the guy, the drummer guy can sing better than him, so they put him on drums, or it's just like one of those freaks of nature things that happens. Honestly, I, I don't think it's in a, a shade thing because think about it, Karen Carpenter played drums and she was the lead singer she did. for the Carpenters she did. too. So there's been several acts that built a band around a drummer as the lead singer. Even to today, we got Torture Soul, which is a house music group. The lead singer plays the drums. So I get it because the, the drummer's always expected to be in the back all the time. 
maybe you might think, think it's. I think with them being in the back, sometimes the person who actually puts the group together is sometimes the drummer, but he doesn't want to be in the limelight. So he tries to find somebody else to be the singer, but the singer doesn't sing as good as he does. So he's like, let me right. just go ahead and do it. <laughs> I, think, I think a drummer always steals the show anyway. That's the life mm-hmm. of, the, of the group anyway. So they always have their moment of focus regardless. My, my eyes always go straight to the drummer when I'm watching live bands anyway. I, so so you guys saying that Questlove is a better MC than- No, Black Thought, no. Yeah. No, no, okay. no, that's not no. <laughs> it doesn't happen for all the groups. It, it, it happens a lot. But Questlove right. is a force to be reckoned with. Questlove is doing great things. And you have to see Summer of Soul if you have not seen it yet. And make sure your parents watch it. Because my mother loved it. They would love it. And that Tell was, me this, um, you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you all ever tried singing while drumming? No. Can't do it. <laughs> Air <laughs> <laughs> like like we used to beat on the table and sing. I mean, that's that's one thing. But when you're actually at a drum kit and you got all that stuff going on and you're singing, could you imagine how busy someone's mind is? I just remembered another one, Sheila E. There you go. Oh, yeah. Sheila E. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Hey, but nevertheless, hey, what's next, Kim? What we have next is Sky with Real Love. Oh, I love this one. Brooklyn-formed group Sky with their hit Real Love, uh, released in 1989. This song reached number 47 on the Hot 100, spent a week at number one on the R&B singles chart. Consists of members from New York uh, who got together and uh, made a group, and uh, they had some success uh, from the album, The Start of a Romance. This is probably one of their biggest hits. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, one uh, again, another staple in the Quiet Storm repertoire. Again, just one of those songs, man. I mean, you just, you, you know, those that certain song, you just start closing your eyes, you just start vibing to it. I mean, that's, that's this song right here. What you guys say? Timeless. I love it. I love the time frame this song was out. I was coming out of high school around that time. Well, junior year into uh, senior year, that type of things. But start of romance, that mm-hmm. love, love, loved. <laughs> love yeah. the song, love the video, all of that. And then with real love, it just immediately became a staple. It, you cannot go a week listening to Quiet Storm anywhere without hearing uh-huh. this song play. Mm-hmm. That's how popular it was. But you know what? The lead singer of this group reminds me of one of the singers from one of my favorite groups, Climax. Remember her? 
Mm-hmm. There was really? Yeah. really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You, you agree with me, Marcus? You agree with Irby? me? Uh, as a matter of fact, she was a drummer too, and she had she had the dark hair, the one not the. I remember Irby. Yeah, yeah Cinderella, oh, you talking about you talking about Bernadette Cooper? Bernadette, okay, Cooper. okay, that's okay. who I'm talking okay. about. Okay, now I can I can see I can see that. Yeah, I was saying yeah. how was, yeah. I can see the comparison because of the, the appearance at the time with the hairstyle, how they look, yeah. or yeah, okay, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. But definitely, you gotta love the song "Sky." Real love again, classic, classic, classic song mm. to say the least. Absolutely. What's next, Kim? Well, one of my picks, and it was a song that I used to hear on Quiet Storm all the time, which I absolutely love. And it is Norman Connors, You Are My Starship. Say it again. You Are My Starship by Norman Connors. (laughs) (laughs) You are my starship. Come take me up tonight. Pennsylvania jazz drummer Norman Connors, which was released in 1976 on um, Buddha Records. It featured bass player, vocalist Michael Henderson, and Philadelphia vocalist Phyllis Hyman. Hyman in the background. Oh, really? Yep. Yes. And she's but, all on album too. She's all over the album. Yes, she is. And the album reached number five on the US R&B chart and number one on the jazz charts. What say you? My goodness, my goodness. <laughs> you know, that bass line, that, that driving bass line throughout. Lures you in, it lures you in. You know, who, tell me this, who sampled that for their solo effort, their single that they released during their solo effort? I was trying to think. I was like, that really sounds familiar. And I was sitting there, who did that? I can't and remember. And it's a she. She was a part of a major girl group. Beyonce? Mm-mm, before that. Mm. Her name starts as Terry. Terry Ellis. Terry Ellis, yes. From In Vogue. She had a song, What Did I Do To You? That's a second single from her solo release. Check it out. It has the bass line. It samples the song. It's cute. I never knew. It's cute. I check it out. Is that the same? <laughs> Did she have the song also Wherever You Are on that album? Uh-huh. That, wherever You Are was the first single, and then What Have I Done to You was the second one, and it used the sample of You Are My Starship. Okay. Do, 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 do. Ah, I love yeah, it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I, like I said, this is, uh, and Barra took the, t- to the word right out of my mouth. It's the bass line, that driving uh-huh. bass line mm-hmm. that reels you in. You know, and then you have the, the smooth, mellow voice of Norman Connors, you know, and it just makes for a great vibe, to say the least, about this song. I, I just love it. You guys really came up with some doozies. <laughs> 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 I 
It is a dreamy song, isn't it? It, it is, is very it dreamy. Is. It's a it, nighttime it's a perfect, song. It's a perfect song when you're about to doze off. It is. Yep. It is. Mm-hmm. It's like a yeah. dream nighttime song. I, I just vision just someone laying in their bed, you know, if they're by themselves. Yeah. With the, doom, 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 with the doom, windows doom. open, looking up at the stars. and Or looking at your ceiling that has those glow-in-the-dark stars on the ceiling. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Our minds, I swear, we go to different places. This is what I miss, guys. I'm, this is what I miss. I'm <laughs> Let's keep it moving. What's next, Kim? All right, so we cannot do the Quiet Storm without some Quincy Jones and who else? James Ingram Woo! again. You cannot have Mm-mm. the Quiet Storm without having James Ingram on here at least a couple of times. And this is 100 Weeks. Take the time to open up your heart. That's the secret of Sacrifice if you can Buy some moonlight to end If it's one must all she wants Go all the way In your arms tonight She'll reflect That she owes Gotta love that crisp, I call it that crisp signature sound of James Ingram. His voice is just so piercing, right? Yeah, it mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. Wow. But Find 100 Ways was not his song. This song belonged to Quincy Jones. Jones. Right. And it was released in 1981 from his album, The Dude, on AM Records, featuring James Ingram on vocals, of course. The song reached number 14 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 in 1982. However, its success was found on the adult contemporary chart where it hit number five in the U.S. and number six in Canada. All right. And it also, he received a Grammy Award for Best R&B Vocal Performance in 1982. What are your thoughts? This is how we remember and keep artists like this alive by continuing to have these conversations and playing their music because mm-hmm. it's like they're still here and he deserves to continue to get these accolades and for us to talk about him because his music was timeless. I mean, his voice was timeless and I didn't realize that his brother was in Twitch. Really? Yes. I, wait, I knew that. I think I knew that. Yeah, because when you look at them, yeah. they do look, they look alike. The same, but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, my mind tends to wonder, guys. Quincy Jones, he had a lot of singles to hit the charts, but are there any songs? Okay, let me back up. You know, DJ Khaled. You know, he's produced, uh, put a lot of music. You still hear him. You know, we the best or something. You know, in the background. Are there any singles on which Quincy Jones put out where you hear his vocals or any of them? Yeah, there was a don't go for that. Uh, I don't know. Was Saidi Garrett? He's talking on the background of that. He's like, you know, saying like goofy stuff. Okay. Um, 
you know, just a little comment. He has a very deep voice. Like whenever he talks on the song, it's usually very deep. That's the one that stands out for me. And I know he's all over the video too. So that's probably why, because he's visually there. Mm -hmm. But I can't think of anything. Is it slow jazz maybe? That oh, um, Secret Garden? Was was did we hear that, his no. voice? No, he doesn't speak very, on that. He doesn't speak on speak. That was very white, garden. yeah. But he, he makes an appearance at the end of the video. I do remember that, you know. So but this is how producers make their money by putting out records with all of their music and getting the best singers because like you said dj Khaled does that one of my favorite jazz artists robert glasper mm -hmm. he does that he is mm -hmm. phenomenal and he, he gets the best singers to sing over his music and that's how they make their money or get get out there so mm -hmm. so we're used to the singer being in the forefront but Sometimes you have to actually listen to the music. Absolutely. This is timeless. This song, by the way, is written by Kathy Wakefield, Benjamin Wright, and Tony Coleman. And I believe what Kathy, she's tied to Motown, I believe, isn't she? I, I was about to say, I've heard her name before. And Benjamin Wright, he's had his hands in everybody, like from Destiny's Child, Brandy, Outkast. You know, he's a music director. He's 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 worked with Janet as, as well. So definitely solid people behind this song. All right. What's next, Kim? Again, we cannot have the quiet storm without this lovely lady, Sade, and your love is king. Mm. I'm coming on. Question, guys, and it just it just came to me as the song was playing. Does Shadi get the accolades that she deserves? Have we really celebrated her genius like we should have? Well, let's Not say that. Let's 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 pause on that. Okay. okay so it's Shadi at the band. Uh huh. Shadi, I do. It just happened to be the lead singer, but it's the band as a whole. Helen sucks. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And no, I don't think. Uh, uh, it depends. Not not lately, not, you know. Depends, in the two yeah. thousands, she ha not not even say the two thousands because she did have that album, Soldier of Love. Soldier of Love. Yeah. I think that was yeah. that. I think that was it. And that was about 10, 12 years ago. So she doesn't get as much due as she should. But I don't again, think she's bothered by that though. <laughs> I, she's not she's not that's what i love about real yeah. artists they don't care <laughs> right. they just want to do what they love and they don't need the awards they don't need you to talk about them all the time they're just going to do their music when they want to do their music she characterizes herself as just a regular person that just happens to record music that's why we don't hear from her for like seven to 14 years in mm -hmm. projects yeah hint hint Chardé is overdue for you to release something Actually, yeah, okay. I believe she is. 
But we'll talk about that at the next episode. <laughs> okay. But needless to say, uh, that was Sade. 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 Uh, as my um, <laughs> intellectual cousin so eloquently corrected me. <laughs> Your Love is King from the oh, 1980 album Diamond Life, released originally in the UK in 1984, released in the US in 1985, reached number 54 on the Hot 100. And again, you know, everything about Sade that came out in the 80s was like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And this is one of those songs, you know, it makes you dance, makes you smile, it makes you cry all at the same time. It's just got that much emotion all wrapped up in it. What do you guys think? Hey, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> I love you some Sade. I have almost Chardé. all... Chardé whatever Cam. her name, whatever you want to call her. <laughs> I call her Helen. I love you some Helen. <laughs> I love Helen and her group. And... <laughs> and it's too cool to be called a Helen, though. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least her mama name is not Gloria. Her, her, her mama named her Helen. I'm going to call her Helen. Anyway. <laughs> but Your Love is King is not my favorite, even though it is good. For The Quiet Storm, my favorite was Is It a Crime? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And what was another one? Yeah, Smooth Operator. There was Smooth Operator, Is It a Crime? Love is Stronger Than Pride. Love yeah. is Stronger that was it. And the ultimate one is Cherish Today. That's my mm. song. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll just say this. Where Sade, she and the band, they continue to grow each outing. And with this one, it was no exception. I love this one because it's it's like a lazy summer day type of sound for me. I, I, I see a lot of sun. I see a lot of sun and someone just kind of basking in that sun and rocking side to side whenever they hear this song. Mm-hmm. That's what comes to mind when I hear this. And I guess because of the time frame that it was it was out too, that may, you know, have something to do with it because it was during like the summer months, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. Well, oh, was spring, that when we used spring, to hear it all the yeah, time? Yeah, it was like spring into the summer months, I think when it came out, that made it real popular or whatever. But yeah, it's one of my favorites of Kimberly, but it's not my most favorite. Exactly. Um, it's a great song, but it's not on the top of my side list. But it would my be part of my is. but it would be part of my <laughs> quiet storm playlist to, to say the least. I, I would not ever leave it out because you know it just it's a staple for me. I love it. Absolutely. What was the other one she had? I, I have it in my place, but I just can't remember the title of it. It's, it's like you think I oh man, I would Oh, um, I know, I know, I know. I, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's that's it, from that's the it. Lover's Rock album. Uh-huh. Uh, by Your Side, By Your Side. That's by Your it. Side, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you guys good. have that one on? Yep, and then she has another song from the latest album, the last album called Baby Father that I really love, too. If you don't recognize it, listen to it. We and, need to look uh, it up. Yep, I'll All send right. it to you guys. How about that? I'll, I'll provide that to you. I think it. All right. What's next, Kim? You know what? In college... I just was going through this period where all I played was Earth, Wind, and Fire and Marvin Gaye. And this next one is Marvin Gaye's You Sure Love to Ball. Want to hear it? Here it go. <laughs> oh, honey, I hope you never freeze. I love you. I love you so much. 
Released on January 2nd, 1974, and it was the third and final single to be released from Gay's album, Let's Get It On, which is one of the best albums ever. But now that I'm thinking about it, what I should have also added was this song called Keep You Satisfied. Mm. If you haven't heard this song, you need to look it up because that was another good one and it would have been perfect for the quiet storm. Mm-hmm. What say you? Wow, I'll I'll honestly say this. Okay, so I love Marvin Gaye. I love his music and stuff, but I've never really dove deep into his story, into his repertoire. Please do it. Yeah, I think I I was aware of this song. Don't get me wrong. I have this album, but it's just amazing how much music he recorded back then that just still stands the test of time for one, stands alone, sounds as if it was just recorded. In some, in some realms, but I still have a lot to learn in regards to his repertoire. Because the, the album, Let's Get It On, most people will listen to Let's Get It On and that'll be mm-hmm. it. That whole album, the whole album, you need to listen to it. The whole thing. Uh, you know, you, we made this perfectly clear at the, on the early episodes of this wonderful podcast that we come through from three different spectrums of the United States of America. You know, Kim growing up in, in New Jersey, Byron growing up in Atlanta, me growing up in South Georgia. Three different markets also. So some music, you know, we may not have got an opportunity to hear that, you know, Byron may have heard and that Kim may have heard. Unfortunately, this is one of those songs. Mm. Uh, however, I'm not know, gonna I'm not gonna go off on you. How do you feel about the song? Now that you've heard but that, that's that's just the thing about it though. That's why I say that's why I say good pick because it fits right in into what we have going on here. It, it it's got that that quiet storm vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, even though I'd never heard of it, it was just, you know, it's just it just felt right. Just mm-hmm. listening to those, that 30 mm-hmm. seconds of exactly. it. Exactly. Right. You know, so I absolutely adore the song. I'm gonna I gotta put it in my playlist now because that's just how I feel about it. And you know, Will Downing and Keith Washington have covered this song as well. I think I have heard Will Downing's version of it, but I am very partial to Marvin's. This and, you know what? I was real young when he was alive, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And another song that they used to play on The Quiet Storm was Distant Lover. Mm-hmm. The live and version. The live. That's version. what I was about to say. <laughs> the live version. I when I was younger, I'd be like, "Why are these chicks screaming like this? Yeah. They were losing their mind." But as I got older, I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Again, I mean, Marvin Gaye's genius is goes unmatched. You know, not just as a singer, but as a songwriter. You know, we we found out that he wrote a lot of songs. Mm-hmm. For different artists as well. So, I mean, it's just goes What's to your show favorite Marvin Gaye song? Mine? Mm-hmm. Both of you. Yeah. 
Well, I already uh, told you mine keep you satisfied. Oh, okay. Can I be honest? Mine goes in a totally different direction. One of my favorites, well, one of my favorites, I mean, besides, I think, let's get it on is everybody's favorite, but I like one of the more fast-paced songs. I like uh, Pride and Joy. And probably because it was played in the background of Coming to America when Arch- <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to you think. Part, you remember what the part? song? I love the Lord. You understand what I'm saying? I love the Lord. <laughs> love the Lord. I think my favorite. I think my favorite might be Sanctified Lady. You all remember that one? But you oh, know what? One. But you know yeah. what? I have another one. Troubled Man. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is time. I like Nana Cherry's cover of Ch- Trouble Man. I- yeah, I love it. Yeah, but Marvin Gaye. I mean, we can go on and on. I mean, he he's one of those artists that was able to adjust with the times. Mm-hmm. Um, through the 60s, 70s, and 80s. I mean, you just think about it. We just he talked did. about it. He, mm-hmm. he was able to adjust with the times. Not very, not, that's testament to an artist genius. So again, you know, great pick him again. What we got next? Vanessa Williams, another artist Woo! that does not get her due because her albums, She when she had her albums out, she was pretty damn good. She was, she was. Mm-hmm. Still so is. this is Darling I by Vanessa Williams. Oh my gosh. This was classy, classy, sophisticated soul for me. Mm. Y'all and I were of course recorded by the incomparable, beautiful, multi-talented Vanessa Williams. And uh, this was the fourth and final single released from her debut album, The Right Stuff. That was in 1988. Now, it still stands the test of time, I'm telling you. Charting at, ultimately, at number 10 on both the um, hot R&B hip-hop songs chart and adult contemporary billboard charts. In 88 on the Hot 100. The video was very classy. Did you all see the video? You remember the video? Of course. Of course. No, you can't forget the video. Can't forget the videos. That's not the one where she was in all white. It's in black and white. Okay. Gives you that that old school. Old school. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hollywood, old Hollywood Again, feel. Again, you know what? We've been talking about this for a while. They need to bring back old videos. I mean, just classic videos. Yeah. A station or a TV station where we could just go back and watch them. Mm-hmm. Who's to say we can't do that? It's in, it's in the atmosphere. There it is. There you go. Good, <laughs> that good, good, good video good show. Group. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. I love it. Yeah. I just want to say that for those that might be listening to us, I would appreciate people if y'all didn't sleep on Vanessa Williams. She's not just a pretty face on Johnson Family Vacation or some of the other (laughs) movies that she may have done. Vanessa Williams had some hits. She did. Back back in the 80s and the 90s, man. I mean, Mm -hmm. I like this track. I would have had Dreaming. 
Myself. Yeah. Oh, good one. <laughs> yeah. And there's a song that she well, did. We've with, used um, Dreaming before, haven't we? That's already been on our show. Has it? I think I, we did. I think we did. We may have. Okay. Did. Okay. But there was what was the song that she sang with? I believe Brian McKnight. Uh, Brian she did a couple of songs with Brian McKnight, but like from her album, you gotta go. And then love, love is it? Love is, love is from the Beverly Hills nine zero two one zero. I just remember the video when she was pregnant. Yeah, yeah. Brian, she's the one. She's she's the one that's instrumental in bringing Brian McKnight out to the forefront. She mm-hmm. first featured him on her projects, and that's how he gained his popularity. And then they would do duets with each other. But did you know? She's the mother of the lead singer of Lion Bay. Yes, I did Jillian, know. Miss Jillian Hervey. That's her daughter. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who just recently became a mom herself. Oh, okay. So Vanessa Williams is a grandmother. Grandma. Now. Right. Wow. That's awesome. Congratulations awesome. to all of them. Yes, absolutely. What's next, Kim? So next up is Bloodstone with mm. Natural High. Ladies and gentlemen, Bloodstone Natural High from the it was a 1973 release. Again, uh, that song was written by the, the we've been talking about drummers throughout the podcast today, but that was actually written by their bass player, mm-hmm. Charles Ormick. Released in 1973, reached number 40 on the Hot 100, uh, number 48 on the UK singles. And again, just all makes the vocals, man. You, you know, you know, they think about doo-wop. Mm-hmm. Think about doo wop, you're thinking about you know classic RB song. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 <laughs> but the thing is, when that came on, that really took me back. And I feel that we definitely need to do a 70s doo-wop type of episode where we have blue magic, bloodstone, yeah. stylistics, and just have that whole vibe because that was a vibe right there. This is that <laughs> look, this is that. Dirt Road Soul <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Hey. That's what we gonna call it. That's what we gonna call it. You write it down, your Dirt Road Gold. Gold Classic. <laughs> Back in the day dirt when road. the roads weren't paved. Yes, goodness. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Again, you can't grow a bloodstone. I think a couple of groups have tried to remake this. I think after seven actually had part of it when they came out with the baby i'm for real and mm-hmm. Flash, right right, Flash right. Natural High. i think they redid baby i'm for real i think they yes, did a better they version did. of that to I, me but nah. natural High, you know I, I i i'm gonna stick with bloodstone on that one yes definitely and yes. i just thought about the main ingredients the originals i'm just writing down <laughs> yeah oh, wow man. yes oh, the list is Mm-hmm. Opening right. up that can- she's opening up that box. Everything is open up. Out. Yeah, that Pandora's box. It's all coming to you now. It's coming to you. 
<laughs> yep. So what's next, Kim? All right. Next up, I believe that's me. This will be... <laughs> Come on, Kimmy Brown with the symphony. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> ah, ah, <what's> up? <laughs> Next up is Angela Bofield and I try. Mm. Ooh, honey. Close your door and I want to give you It's from Angela Bofield's second album, Angel of the Night, and was released in 1979. I Try was written by Bofield, and the reception of her albums positioned Bofield as one of the first Latina singers to find success in the R&B and jazz market. Now, hmm. did y'all know that? No, I had no idea. I never even thought about that. Actually, you, know actually you just thought she was a light-skinned Black woman. But yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, Puerto Rican and Cuban, but we know that that has African roots in both sides, but oh, still. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Angela Bofield always had a, an interesting voice to me. Her voice mm-hmm. seemed to change from like, I don't know, it had like different personalities. You hear it in this song. You know, she starts out singing a certain kind of way and then toward the end when she's doing her vamps, it sounds a lot different to me. But I love the song. Don't get me wrong. I love her. Love, love the song. But I always thought her voice just had two different personalities. It was different, but it was good. It was a good different. Yeah. No yeah. one really sounded like her. Right. right. She had a unique sound. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, guys, if we can, I'm not taking away from Angela Bofield by no means, but I mean, there was a point I wanted to make if we could revisit Vanessa Williams for just two seconds. Mm-hmm. Was it me? Or did she sound a lot like Phyllis Hyman? No. No. <laughs> now, the mood, now, the, now, the mood of the song may make you think about Phyllis Hyman, but no, her voice is too high for it to be as, like Phyllis Hyman. Phyllis, as, as very fact, sultry. Phyllis, Phyllis was more of an alto kind of voice. Hers was a little bit deeper, so I didn't, yeah. I didn't okay. feel that. I'm sorry, maybe okay. that's just you. That's your okay, yeah. That's all good. The mood, I can see where you're going with that. The mood of the song, because it's very gloomy, makes you want to slit your wrist. Like a lot of songs that Phyllis Hyman would sing, it's like on the verge of taking <laughs> some pills and going off. And into a eventually, that's what she. Yeah. We're not making fun of that, by all means. Of course not. Of course not. But Phyllis Hyman always had a certain mood about her music. That was her her net, her genre, you know? So I could see that from, from the, the gloomy subject of the song being, you know, someone tired of dealing with somebody and letting them go and you know that type of thing releasing them i can see that comparison i got you got you what's next kim now i'm not finished Uh, okay okay my bad this song was actually remade in 1991 by will downing thank Mm -hmm. you so want to hear it here it goes and you know i can even when you're not there Close. 
why he's the prince of sophisticated soul now this was released on march 5th 1991 and it's track number four on dream fulfilled so you know what the question i am about to ask you which one was better Mm. Uh, two perspectives two different perspectives a male perspective a female's perspective so you really can't compare them you know the the original is always going to stand have its own place (laughs) But he does a damn good a job. Damn job. good job. <laughs> his own stamp on it, so he made it his own. He so. did make it his own. He did. He did. He told I'm us. Just, I'm just. I'm just going to address the elephant. I'm just going to answer the question. I mean, I mean, since my man Byron wants to go around and talk about two different perspectives, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to answer. Go the ahead, question. answer the question. Go ahead, answer go ahead, question. answer. Answer, answer, I like answer the question. Answer. I like Will Downey's version better. I mean, is oh, he puts his own little umph on his guy. Mm-hmm. Inspired feel to it. It's just the way he kind of makes his voice go up and down with the different levels of, what am I trying to say here? Uh, vibrato. Uh, um, vibrato, exactly. I like his version better. Nothing, not taking anything away from Angie Bofield. Both versions are good, but I can appreciate Will Downey's version better. Mm. I mean, Angela Bofield was fresh when it first came out. And like we said, she had a unique sound to her. But Will came in and took it from her and cradled it in his arms and just blessed it with his voice. It was just beautiful. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I agree. <laughs> <Both> <laughs> me, I agree. <laughs> well, okay, so quiet as it's told or to be kept, I was more familiar initially way back in the day, like when Will Downing came out with the song. Mm-hmm. Initially, I thought it was his, and then really? I heard, I heard, then I heard the Angela Bofield version, and then I was like, "Oh, maybe it's I- because where I'm from, I had already heard um, Angela Bofield's version, and then when I heard Will's version, I'm like, damn, okay.' <laughs> but then, but, but, but this is gonna sound weird. As I heard the Angela Bofield's version, I said, "Okay, I've heard the song before. I had heard it before." But I just never really paid that much attention to it but, but until it took Will Downing to record it for me to pay more attention to Angela Bofield's version. That being said, the last part of her version, when she's vamping, when her voice to me changes, that's the stamp of that song that I get from her version. But whereas with Will Downing, it's the entire song that I remember mm-hmm. from him. And I hope I'm making sense. I get you. I get you. <laughs> So in other words, you're saying Will Downey's version is better, right? Just go ahead and say it. I mean, <laughs> no, no, how about this? You it's get more a memorable. better feeling. It's you memorable. get a better feeling from his. You can feel his in your chest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Byron won't say, but we 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 get it. Hey Byron, let's check me out. Wink, wink. I got you. <laughs> oh, and on so that funny. note, what's the What's, on, what's next, Kim? All right. I believe this person is actually in a coma. So yeah. um, well wishes and continued blessings to him. But this is I'll Be Sure in Night and Day. Can you please let me know what I can tell you. Don't 
Oh, by the way, he's out of the coma, but he was in a two month coma after organ transplant, but he's out of that coma. All right, good. Because yeah. I was still hearing stuff. Yeah, I was still hearing stuff. I said the last thing I heard he was still in a coma. And uh, yeah. But yeah. But anyway, that but was blessings uh, to him. Continue blessings to him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That was the great I'll be sure with night and day from the 1988 release from the album In Effect Mode. Reached number seven on the Hot 100, number one on the Black Singles Charts, nominated for a Grammy Best Male R&B Vocal Performance. Probably should have won it. I should have oh. looked up. Who was he? Yeah. yeah. Byron, who won the award? Who won that award that, that year? If you could find out, I got to, I got to find out because I just don't see. And the only, Not, the only it, it was, I don't in, know. In uh, 1990, that was that would have been no, 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 no. 88, 88. It would either reason, be 88 or 89. Right. I gotta know because there's there's no possible way uh, anybody I be the same. There's no possible way, but <laughs> you know and that's why they talk about the Grammys are like mm-hmm. like yeah they, that's why I don't even watch it anymore. Yeah, yeah, because like there, there's no way you can tell me that there was a song bigger than that song back during that time. Best R and B that was that would have been the thirtieth annual Grammy Award. That's exactly right? what it was. Yeah, yes. The see Aretha Franklin had the best R and B vocal performance. Mel was Smokey Robinson just to see her. Ah, uh, you gotta give what? it to him. Yeah. Because <laughs> 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 Smokey Robinson. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that <same>. was funny. <laughs> huh? Well, oh well you gotta remember. You gotta remember. You gotta remember. Smokey Robinson had a huge comeback with that album that year. So that yeah, that would and that's that's classic soul right there. You know, that's Motown Gold, Motown Royalty. So of course that's going to spill over and overshadow a newcomer like our Bobby Shore. Byron, Byron. So you mean to tell me just to see her was (laughs) then a girl. You you mean to tell me? (laughs) But you gotta remember. The voting people of the Grammy Awards then were, you know, it was a different type of caliber of people. So, right, uh, different caliber of people that weren't necessarily leaning towards the urban side. So they're going to stick with what was more familiar. What they felt comfortable with, which was Motown. Yeah. (laughs) But just do know that this song was way better than Smokey Robinson, right? You you do know that. say all that, but (laughs) I had a little crush on his little light bright self then. But still, <laughs> oh, I, I I truly that was memorable. That was a that was a good album. Just to see her, I like that song too. So I can't I can't. That's a good song. Yeah, I can't hate on that at all. But I see your mindset there, Marcus. I understand, Young Blood. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Blaming on the youth, huh? <laughs> oh my goodness! What, by but, two, three years? but it has influenced a lot of other music. I'll just say that. Yeah. Huh? I'm, gonna do you, I'm gonna do you a favor, Byron. All right, you ready? Okay. Yes. What's next, Kim? (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that. I'll be laughing for the next five minutes. (laughs) Okay. Next up is Seal and Kiss from a Rose. Oh, man. Oh, man. There is so much a man can tell me, so much he can say. My power, my pleasure, my pain, baby. To me, you're like a 
emotion that I can't deny Won't you tell me is that healthy, babe? But did you know that when it snows My eyes become large And the light that you shine can't be seen What's up, Siobhan? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I was, uh, I was saying to myself, does he think this was me or Siobhan? <laughs> this was Siobhan. <laughs> Siobhan played this song 24 <laughs> 7. My lord, my lord, kiss from a rose. What can you what can you say bad about Seal? Nothing. Can, can anybody say anything bad? Well, nah. this, this was released from his second album, and it was the it was first actually released, of course, in the film The Never Ending Story Three, and it was also featured in Batman Forever, if you can mm-hmm. recall. I think that's where it got its most popularity from, mm-hmm. from, from featuring so. in that movie because it seemed to take on a new life after that. The song itself had some major chart success here in the United States. It hit number one on Billboard Hot 100, number one on the adult contemporary, as well as the adult top 40. It was number one on the mainstream Billboard top 40 chart. Number 52 only on the hip-hop R&B songs chart, though. I was thinking to myself, did I actually hear this song on The Quiet Storm very often? They may have played it, but they didn't play it that often because I think this would be considered a little bit more pop. Yeah, or rock. Yeah. Yeah, it was very rare. I mean, I've heard it on The Quiet Storm, but it was very rare for it to be played. But when it was played, it was like, okay, it fits right in. It does. You can enjoy it along with whatever you're doing, you know? <laughs> so, so nobody's going to say anything about how the song made Seal look handsome, right? No, because I didn't see that. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. I, I was trying to be no, nice. Even, I, I, you forget, what? I never even thought of Seal, period. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah, but he came back on the scene with no hair because we, we were used to him having like the twist. He looked better with no hair. I'll say yeah. that. Yeah, that was a new look for him. Yeah. All right. What's next, Kim? All right. We cannot do again. I've been saying this all day, but for real, this time you cannot do Quiet Storm without my baby Prince mm-hmm. and one of his iconic slow mm-hmm. jams, Insatiable. Here it goes. Jones, mother. Oh, yeah, it'd be like this. I can't have a hug. I can't have a hug. Unless I have a kiss. My body, baby, you truly do. Essential. Kim, are you okay? Mm. You okay, Kim? I'm like, 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 literally, like, well, wait, a, wait a minute. I mean, <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, my 
thing. I know this one was Byron, right? Byron's pick? Yeah, that was my pick. Yeah. Okay. Have you heard the extended version? Yes. Lord have mercy. <laughs> yes. Mm-mm-mm-mm. That's all I have to say. Well, yeah. I will continue that baton running around this track because we all love Prince and Insatiable is a song that he and the New Power Generation released from their 1991 album, Diamonds and Pearls, which to me, that's a se- my second favorite album by Prince. Versus, I know your uh, first one, but we're going to talk yeah, about that in yeah, a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this is a slow simmering ballad that often draws comparisons to his release Scandalous. You remember the, the, yes. the Scandalous has a kind of similar sound? It does. But, and that one had an extended version too. I mean, yes. the extended, Marcus, if you have not heard the extended versions of these songs, you need to get it. Lower hand mercy. I, but, I believe it, but believe it or not, with this song, it had a limited release. You know, it wasn't released widely to all markets. It was only released to like the urban stations. It wasn't sent to top 40 radio or anything like that. But you know yeah. what? I noticed a lot of his slow jams weren't. Which is kind of bizarre because Prince, exactly. to me, Prince is universal. I mean, rock, pop, R&B, I don't understand labels. And that's probably the start of him going on his slave campaign mm-hmm. um, because he was tired of being held back in such major ways. I mean, this was a great simmering song, huge song, huge mm-hmm. on, the, on the R&B side. You know, we know it as just another Prince single. It was number three on the R&B charts, but it only got to number seven, seven on the hot one hot 100 but had it had that push like it did on r&b charts who knows how large this single would have been any thoughts you know i remember the song vividly but i just can't remember i've forgotten the name of it man it's just you know uh, i think you said did you say you give which which song with diamonds and pearls is yeah the album diamonds and pearls yeah. yeah 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 that's a lot of hits from that album it kind of put me the mindset of that song also adore Mm-hmm. Uh, by Prince, man. That's which is my favorite Prince song. I go on record say that "Adore" is my favorite Prince song. Well, um, you know what? <clears throat> that was my surprise song. Want to hear it? Here it go. What? <laughs> Yeah, me and Kim got together on that. <laughs> oh, no, we did. I didn't even tell you. <laughs> but it was perfect. It was timed perfectionally to be the last yeah. song. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, guys, I mean, was that the last one? That was the last song. It was? Yes. What? Get out of here. I am absolutely telling the truth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here waiting for the next. I'm just all caught up into this this vibe we've created today. Because yeah, we missed each other. I love you guys. We did. We <laughs> did too. <laughs> hey, but guys, wow. that's going to 
another great episode of We Got That Good Good Experience podcast. Again, you know, I guess absence makes the heart grow fonder, y'all. <laughs> a really great episode. Uh, before we get out of here, I would be remorse. You know, we don't like to try to start the uh, show off on a sad note, but however, I will end it like this. We must pay tribute and say rest in peace to take off one third of the group. Uh, Migos, uh, who was killed last week, senseless violence. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we really got to get a hold to ourselves, you know. And that's one of the reasons why we do this podcast because we love music and we channel a lot of our energy, whether it be positive, negative, we channel it through our music. And so we have a great love for music. And so, again, rest in peace to take off and condolences to all the families. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. Hey, again, until next time, y'all, don't be just good to each other. Be good, good to each other. Take care. All right. Later. Bye.